The first and perhaps the most controversial thing you should know about angels is this. Angels can take a human form. We all know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot's out in the city square one night and he sees two men. They're angels. And he says to the men, come back to my house. I'd like to wash your feet. I'd like to give you a meal. Again, that's an indicator that these two angels had a sort of human form. But what did the men say? They said, no, no, it's okay. We'll stay here tonight. But Lot insisted, no, you must come back to my house. Basically, he was saying, it's not safe to be in this city late at night. So the men came back. And you know how the story goes. Wicked men. Old, young, the whole town started banging on the doors, these men saying, bring out those two men to us so that we might know them. How could they know them if these men did not have, these angels did not have a sort of human form? But really scattered all the way through the Bible, we see hints of this, that angels can take a human form. At the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ, there was two young men. Gideon saw a man an angel sat beneath a terebinth tree. Manoah and his wife, when they were told that they were going to have a son, Samson, who was going to be a great deliverer. At times, the angel is called the angel of the Lord, but at other times, he is called a man. So, tell us, Joe, if angels can take a human form, is it possible that we could be walking amongst angels and not even realize it? That is absolutely possible. The Bible says this, do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. So, the lesson is, you and I should be kind to strangers. Okay, if they're just people like you and I, we're still to be kind to them. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. So we need to look after people. But there is a chance that that strange man, that strange woman in front of you, who you have no idea about their background, that person might just be an angel of the Lord. And if you're kind to them, if you care for them, you've just blessed an angel and looked after one of them. In a moment's time, I'm going to tell you something else super important. But just before I do that, have you ever considered this? Isn't it amazing that God sort of prepared us for the incarnation? You see, all of these angels that took on a human form were a preparation that one day Christ's spirit would step into a body the great big God of the universe would one day be encased in flesh, skin and bones and live amongst us and die on a cross for our sin. Isn't that a tremendous thought? And all of these angels that went before as a sort of human form was a preparation to prepare minds and hearts for this amazing thing that the God of the universe was about to do. But the second thing you should know about angels is that angels actually guard us. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Again, listen to what the Bible says. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. I remember when I first got saved, my dad sent me on a train to the bottom of England to a Christian camp. And I literally had been a Christian for just a couple of weeks. And I loved this Christian camp. I was so excited because all around me were these young Christian people. And in England, that's actually quite a, a rare sight to see lots of young Christian people. And I was single at the time and I thought, hmm, maybe I could leave this camp with a girlfriend. Anyway, it came to Sunday, and here I am with a, a group of girls in a car, and we're going to church. And you know when you're driving a car, and you go over a bump, 
and you sort of get that sort of jumping feeling in your, in your stomach. You know what I'm talking about, that sort of, oh, what happened there? Well, one of the girls, the girl who was driving said, as I come up to this hill, this bump, you'll feel that feeling. Are you ready for it? And we go over it. Oh, I didn't really do much. I didn't feel anything at all. And then she said, okay, on the way back, we'll go really, really fast and we'll make sure that, that it really gets us next time. So we go to church, we sing some hymns, we hear a sermon and it's time to go home. On the way back, we all see that hill, we see that bump, and we all start cheering her on, saying, come on, go faster, go faster. Let's see if we can get that jumping feeling in our stomach. And the girl listened to us. She put her foot right down to the floor. She's going at like 60 miles per hour on this tiny, narrow country road. And we go over the hill, and we didn't just get a jumping feeling in our stomach. All four wheels came off the ground and she flew up we all flew up into the air and the girl lost control of the car it ended up that it, it sped over onto its side and it ended up in a ditch now this is the bit you need to remember as it's flying into this ditch there's a lot of momentum and it just kept moving and moving and then all of a sudden I can't explain it but all of a sudden the car just stopped like that, as if something very, very powerful had put its hand on the car to stop it from moving any further. Do you know what was just a feet or so in front of that car? A big oak tree like the one behind me. And I know that if that, that car kept going, one of us may not have been here today to tell the story. So, we all get out of the car, we're all absolutely fine, but we're shell-shocked. And I remember sitting on the roadside, seeing the police, seeing the, the ambulance people come in and, and asking lots of questions. And I sat next to the girl driver, and what she said was very telling. She said, when we turned over upside down, and the car was moving, it just felt like something stopped us all of a sudden, and it just jolted us. And I said, it is so weird that you've said that because I felt the exact same thing. Now, some of you listening to that story will be very skeptical. And I'll be honest with you, if I heard it, I also would be very skeptical. But in that moment, I felt like there was some supernatural being that stopped us from hitting that tree. Was it a guardian angel? Was it the hand of God? I don't know. But I do know that that day, the Lord God kept us safe. But whatever you think about angels, no one can deny this fact, that God loves his children. Jesus himself said this, Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you, that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. So just like a, a good father on this earth will do everything he can to protect his children, to ensure that they are safe, so our good father, the Lord God in heaven, does everything he can to make sure his children are safe. If you've put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've been washed in his righteous blood and you've been purified and you've accepted him as your Lord and Saviour, the Bible says you've been adopted as a child, as a son or a daughter of God. And so God himself will even bend heaven at times to make sure that you and I are safe by giving us angels to care for us. I think that is the most amazing thought. I've got a friend who was an alcoholic for many, many years. He took drugs and, and dabbled in really dark realms. And he said to me once, Joe, if you and I could see everything that happened in the unseen world, 
we would not be able to function, we would not be able to sleep at night, we just couldn't cope. And God in his mercy has blinded us from seeing all of these powers that exist in the invisible world. There's a super colourful story in the Bible about Balaam's donkey. Have you heard of it? And Balaam is a, a wicked prophet, he's greedy for gain. And he's riding on his donkey in the road and in front of him is an invisible angel of the Lord. And this angel has pulled out a sword ready to slay Balaam. Now Balaam's donkey can see what Balaam can't see. So the donkey turns to the side and turns away from the angel. But Balaam gets angry with the donkey and starts beating it. He almost beats the donkey to death until the donkey cries out with an audible voice, why are you beating me? I've been a good donkey to you for all these years. Why are you hurting me? I'm trying to protect you. And then suddenly the Lord opens Balaam's eyes and there he sees in front of him this angel of the Lord ready to kill him. Now, there are two lessons we can learn from Balaam's donkey. The first one is this. If you're a preacher, if you're a man who gives the word of God out, never get proud because God uses donkeys. But the second thing we can learn from Balaam's donkey is this. There is actually an unseen world that you and I have no idea about. There is this vast, huge spiritual realm that we are totally blind to. You remember the story of Elisha and his servants. And Elisha's servant is absolutely petrified because he can see on the horizon is a Syrian army and they're coming to take Elisha and the servant captive. But Elisha isn't worried at all. He's quite calm. What does he say to the servant? Those who are with us are much more than those who are with them. And he prays that God would open the servant's eyes. So God answers the prayer. And what does the servant see? On the mountain is this huge, big army of angels with chariots and horses. And suddenly the servant isn't so worried anymore. My dear friends, remember this. What we see in front of us, there's a lot more going on in the spiritual realm. And that should humble you and I, but also make us so thankful that the God who has made all of these things, the God who is the creator of angels, loves us and wants a relationship and a friendship with you and I. Okay, so take all of that into your mind and then I want to warn you of something. You and I must never, ever, ever worship or pray to an angel. I think this is really quite fascinating. In the very last book of the Bible, John, the disciple who Jesus loved, the disciple who would lay on the bosom of Christ, who knew Christ Jesus better than you and I will ever know him. What does it say that John did? When he saw an angel, he fell at the feet of the angel and began to worship him. And the angel instantly corrected John and said, see that you do not do that. I'm just a servant like you are. But there is a temptation, I think, for men and women when we see mighty things to worship it. When we see great acts, great wonders, great intelligence, we worship it. But the Bible is clear, we are not to worship the created, but we are to worship the creator. And that's why we worship the Lord Jesus Christ, begotten, not created. The Son of God, who was born of a virgin, who entered this world, who lived righteously, who fed the poor, who healed the sick, who taught amazing things, who was nailed to a cross, died 
Three days later, conquered the grave, rose from the dead, triumphant, offers eternal life to any who come and ask for forgiveness. And then after he went and lived and was seen by over 500 witnesses, the Lord Jesus Christ ascended and went back to heaven. And right now, as we speak, there is a multitude, there is a host of angels worshipping and praising the Lord Jesus Christ. And one day, you and I are going to join that multitude if we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have heaven assured and we're going to be there singing, worthy is the Lamb of God. So, if you'd like a little bit of context to, to what this whole video has been about, it really was me pushing the boundaries of my sort of theology and Bible knowledge. If you'd like to to watch that click here uh, you might find it interesting and if you haven't yet subscribed please do click here we'd love your friendship here at off the curb ministries thank you for watching and god bless you all